Welcome back to episode number 94 of Nate's Take Sports Podcast. Coming back with another episode for you guys after a my last episode long uh, awaited uh, hiatus is over. Um, so coming into today's episode, I know it's it's been a little bit since that last episode since episode 93 um and i don't really i don't really want to just delve into it too much i will say that uh i did have an episode that was going to be going out last week um but we had some technical difficulties uh and so it was not able to be uh, i was not able to post it and so that's the reason why this is episode number 94 um in today's episode we're really going to talk about mainly we're going to talk about a lot, a lot, a lot of NBA, and I, and I know we've been doing that recently uh, a lot, but I want to try and get to some a little bit more of um, some different stuff moving forward. Uh, I mentioned it before. I'll do some special episodes uh, similar to like the ones like worst draft picks of all time, worst trades of all time, um, things like that. Uh, I, want, I really want to try and get into that sort of thing. Um, but for now, I think right now the, the most the most pressing thing in sports, the the biggest biggest news that we could really that I could really talk about right now is is probably the NBA free agency. And I know that this episode is a little bit behind. I know a lot of this stuff happened last week, um, but I don't I I, th- I I do I do honestly think that it's big enough of a deal that I can make this episode a week later and it, it'll still be relevant. Um, because it's there's still so many conversations going on, and uh, we're also getting to a little bit. Last night was Monday Night Raw. I'm recording this on on Tuesday the ninth. Um, we'll get into, so we'll get into a little bit Monday Night Raw, uh, the go home show for Raw uh, for this weekend's Extreme Rules pay per view. Uh, we also have an AEW show coming up this weekend, uh, Fight for the Fallen, which will probably kind of break down a little bit. Um, but yeah, so that that's pretty much the plan today. So I guess we'll really, I mean, let's just get right into it. So pretty much now the thing that's that, that's happening with NBA free agency, and I've said it before, obviously, free, free agency in the NBA for me is probably the most exciting of all of these. I think it's just the most anticipated, first of all. Obviously, the, the, they don't make as much money as, as baseball um, in terms of top top guys, but I think there there's a different level. I, I would say I think the biggest difference between the MLB, uh, the NFL, like those major sports, um, and, and I'll explain the NHL side of it in a little bit, um, is, is I feel like the NBA is a little bit more, um, be, because especially especially comparing the MLB and the NBA, you look at the deals that these guys signed. You know, in the MLB, you, you just saw Machado and Harper sign 10-year deals. That, that doesn't happen in the NBA at all. And so I think what what we see is a little bit more of a willingness in the NBA to make these big transactions, to make moves that you know can be a little risky, but also kind of provide excitement. That you have these superstars that I mean, you look at it nowadays, and the the days of Kobe Bryant, uh, Dirk Nowitzki, um, these guys that play on one team for their entire careers. I mean that that's really difficult to find nowadays, um, and so I think that's part of it. Is the MLB and and really the NFL as well? There's there's a I, I feel like the MLB and the NFL are a little bit more conservative when it comes to making these big moves. Um, obviously, you you have you have big moves that happen in the NFL. You look at the Khalil Mack deal that happened, sending him to the Bears. Obviously, that was a really big deal. You have Antonio Brown going to the Raiders like that that's those are big deals but I feel like that the willingness to do them is far and few between it and they're not as willing to sacrifice their position for for where they are to uh kind of take that leap of faith whereas I think you see it much more in the NBA and then and then also I think with the NHL you have the guys move a lot in the NHL for sure um but I don't think I don't think hockey is it's nowhere near the magnitude that the NBA is. I I there's really at this point there aren't that many NHL players, if any, that are mainstream celebrities. Uh, you know, you look at like Kevin Durant, LeBron James. You look at guys like those, and I mean they're just they're just names like Stephen Curry. Like 
people know who they are. Even if you're not a basketball fan, you know who these guys are. Like, you just do. Whereas with NHL, I think they, they've kind of lacked that since, you know, Sidney Crosby obviously is still a good player and still relevant in the league, of course, but, but not what he was, you know, five years ago obviously, because I, I think, I do think that that was probably the last big mainstream guy that, that you'll find, um, in the NHL, but yeah, so I, that's just my opinion for why NBA free agency is kind of the best, <laughs> in my opinion, and so nowadays what we're seeing, and it's actually kind of enjoyable, and then not enjoyable at the same time, is, um, guys sign so fast, because at this point, everybody's tampering. Like the league passes over half the tampering rules. To be honest, they know they know that guys are talking to one another in the middle of the season. They they know that there's discreet conversations going on between teams, between an f- upcoming free agent um, and a team, f- 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 even before free agency opens. Because the, the you know you look at Woj and you look at Shams and they're reporting these deals three days before free agency ha- even opens. So guys are really everything's already set for them you know i i do really like that they moved free agency up this year um to june 30th um right june i think it was june 30th at six o'clock instead of like midnight because it was it was just the dumbest idea why does it have to be at midnight just make it a six o'clock six o'clock eastern time obviously three o'clock three o'clock pacific perfect time to do it and so i mean this nba offseason was the craziest one ever and the it's I'm going to make a bold statement right now, and honestly, I don't even know if it's that bold. This upcoming NBA season is going to be a a couple things. Number one, it's going to be the most hyped up season of any sports, professional sports league in America in a while, in a long time. So that's number one. It's going to be a crazy season. Second, I think this is the first time in... The first time since I can remember, um, at least in the NBA, where we're going into a season without having a team that we can almost definitively say will be in the finals and that we can see winning the title. Obviously, we, we have the ones that are more likely than others, of course, but there's so many of those teams that are at that caliber that it is so difficult for me to even think about, okay, who's winning the title? I, I can't pinpoint it down. I mean, you look at the Warriors over the past several years, like they, you knew that they were going to be in the finals every single year. It just, it was just inevitable. It was something that was going to happen. Then even going back a little bit further in the earliest part of the, of the decade, you look at the Miami Heat. I mean, that big three, like they were basically guaranteed to go to the finals every single year. Like it was just obvious. Like it, it was, it, it was kind of unfathomable to imagine really anybody else and it would it would be a shock if anybody else made it that you know took over the these dynasties and the warriors in the heat and so speaking about the warriors i mean they had i think this is a great transition i would say that the dynasty is over when it's going to feel weird because i feel like that for the majority of my sports watching you know really paying, you know, paying attention to sports and, um, being invested in it. uh, That's really what I've known. You know, you go back to 2015, the Warriors just dominant franchise, just, just, it is what it is. But, and I, in a, in a move that I think surprises a lot of people, to be honest, um, Kevin Durant has left the Golden State Warriors and is heading off to the Brooklyn Nets where he will team up with Kyrie Irving. And so Durant made his decision on July 30th, first day of free agency, on Instagram and announced that he would be heading to Brooklyn. And by the way, he's also wearing number seven for the first time in his career. Um, he's announced that. Um, so he signs for four years, $164 million, which is um, actually, it's not his max, and I'll get into that. And then... Additionally, in something in a move that I, I I was not surprised by at all, um, Kyrie Irving also heads to Brooklyn, setting up a tandem that I think could be. I, I think this this team is going to be fun. The Nets are going to be a fun team. Obviously, next year you, your expectations are going to be definitely lower for these guys, just because obviously Durant's hurt for the year. Um, he'll be out 
all season. Like, there's no way that he's coming back. They've already, they've already, the Warriors already ruled him out. He's, he's not, he's not coming back. Um, and so Kyrie signs for four years, 142. So breaking down kind of Kevin Durant's, um, his, his contract for the upcoming years, he'll make $38 million this year as a 30 year old. He'll make 40 the next year, 42 in 2021, and then he'll have a 2022 uh, uh, player option for $43 million, or almost $44 million. Kyrie, on the other hand, obviously the differences in salaries for Max is based on experience. Um, Durant is able to make more because he has more service. He, you know, he's a 10-plus veteran. Uh, Kyrie will be making 31 this year. He'll make 33 next year. He's 27 right now. He'll make 33 next year. Then he'll make 34 in 2021. And then 2022, uh, he'll make $36 million, um, with a with that year being a player option. Uh, both guys also have a uh, 15% trade kicker, which is essentially if you get traded, you get 15% of what your salary is like up front. Um, it just, it's just kind of a way to... It'll, it'll really basically a trade kicker just allows you to control your market a little bit more than other players um because you can also team players can also waive that trade kicker um so i i guess my i guess i'll start with my initial reactions um obviously durant i was surprised because i and, and my dad and i talked about this in the last episode when we we had predicted that durant would be staying with the warriors my my whole thing with Durant staying with the Warriors was simply because of the injury. I felt that, and 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 I honestly like don't even know where this idea of Durant going back to the Warriors really comes from. I I, I think it really just came from I think the hypothetical um, question that oh you know maybe he's got unfinished business you know they they miss on a finals. Really, I think they would have. They, they could have contended for the title. I mean, they would have contended for the title if Durant hadn't gotten injured in the finals um, or re-injured himself in the finals. Um, but I think I think another part of it was the, the question of, are teams going to be skeptical to give a guy like Durant this max contract, especially in you know today's era? Um, you know, you look at prior examples of of guys like Kobe Bryant and and then even the the example nowadays of DeMarcus Cousins where tearing your Achilles is a a devastating injury for an an NBA player. Um I I do think the the hesitations about the the this this in, injury do have to be taken with a grain of salt at the same time because Obviously, Kobe got that injury when he he was starting to slow down. It was at the end of his career, and I I think if anything, it just kind of sped up the process for him of really falling off. Um, Demarcus Cousins, though, is an example of someone who really is career his it got altered because of the injury. Obviously, happens two seasons ago with the Pelicans, and and now you know look at the guy now just signed with the Lakers for the veterans minimum of three and a half. When when two years ago you were looking talking about him possibly you know getting a a max deal and, and making a lot of bank um and so i think i do th- i do understand where the hesitations come when it comes to durant you know you've got a guy who's he, he's he's been in the league this is this would be his 13th year i think 12th 13th year i think uh you know he's in his early 30s which is always a dangerous time uh, four players but at the same time the guy is a, a ridiculous player you know what i mean like he's arguably the best player in the world and 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 i think that even if you even if he comes back from this injury at 85 percent of what he is and let's say he's not the kevin durant that the we that we know the guy who just literally can shoot from anywhere and and one of the the rare players in the league who can make shots at will he's still going to be a a very very good player he's still going to be a star for you it's just a question of is he gonna be that guy that we all have seen over the past couple years with the warriors um 
so there's that. Kyrie, like I said, I'm not surprised at all. It, it does not shock me that he went to Brooklyn. I think that this, this was in the works with him um, since the beginning. I, I think he knew. Um, I think coming out, you know, he says last year that he was going to re-sign with the Celtics. Clearly, that, that, that doesn't work out. I think as soon as the season started and he saw that Gordon Hayward was not the player that he was um, and that for whatever reason, these young guys were just frustrating him. I think he knew, like, I need to get out of here. And I think that was part of the reason why the Celtics sucked so much this year is because they could tell that he didn't want to be there anymore. So this isn't a surprise. Now, I had mentioned that this that, that both of these guys didn't take the max deal. I mean, obviously, it's it, it's very close. Duran also has $4.5 million in bonuses. Um, it's unclear where those bonuses will come from. Um but they do take less than the max. And the reason for this is so they can sign DeAndre Jordan, who's, you know, clearly buddies with these guys. And I think, I mean, this is this is the, the, one of the dumbest moves. Like, like this is so dumb, the, the signing that they've made. They signed DeAndre Jordan 4 for 40. I mean, like, I don't think they've watched how bad DeAndre Jordan has been. Like, like the guy is is awful he's 31 years old right now he'll be 34 by the time this deal expires luckily they front-loaded it a little bit he'll make the most money his second year but like here are stat lines 11 points 13 rebounds two assists 64 percent from the field 71 percent from the free throw line 106 offensive rating 100 or, excuse me, 106 defensive rating, 122 offensive rating. At face value, yeah, you know, those are not bad stats. Let's just focus on the field goal percentage. This guy was a 70% field goal shooter in 2015-2016. And he he was, he was, over the past, like, decade or so, he's been one of the best just centers at, like, just making shots. You know what I mean? Like, the, the guy's awful now. He's not good anymore. Like, He's always he's always been a rebounder. Yes, he's that's that's part of his game, but he's nowhere near what he was with those Clippers. Like he was a dominant force. Like this is a guy who gets traded to the Knicks is like literally just a filler part of a deal. This past year, after spending time with, like one season, two seasons with the Mavericks, it, I don't understand why they signed him. You know, like I understand signing him to a deal. I think he's. He's somebody, you know, you sign him to a two-year deal at close to the minimum, and I can understand that. Like, he, for, it's not so much, it's just he's getting overpaid. That That's really it. Like, he's going to be serviceable for these guys. It's just, why are you spending so much money on a guy who hasn't been a relevant player in the NBA for the past three years? Like, it doesn't make sense, especially with a guy, you've got Jared Allen, who's a, a up-and-coming, up-and-coming center for you guys, you know, he's, early 20s had had a good season last year or at least a season where he's kind of coming into his own in the league why are you going to take up his minutes with a guy who who's just going to be a liability for you like i i do really think this they probably will regret this trade like i i don't think it's a good deal at all um and i think the the bigger story and the thing that people are mostly taking away is well first of all going into next season obviously like i said expectations need to be lower for this Nets team. You know, they're not going to be like a two seed. They'll get into the playoffs because Kyrie, you know, obviously they had to give up D'Angelo Russell. They actually signed and trade him to the Warriors, which I, I won't really get into, um, but that, that'll be a business move for the Warriors. They're going to end up moving him. They, they, Mark Stein, I think it was, was the one who reported it. They, they've, it's clear that they don't really see him as a long-term fit. I mean, when, when Clay Thompson comes back, like you're going to have three guards who are making a lot of money like that's that's an issue like they're gonna they're gonna end up moving and probably they could like they literally can move him in december um in despite what everything everybody says about Kyrie, um and despite the fact that d'angelo russell had a a very good season last year kemba's or, sorry Kyrie is still better than d'angelo russell like this nets team is still going to be pretty good um they basically retain a lot of the other people uh that they have uh they also got Tory and Prince, who I think is an is an it'll be a he'll be a nice pickup for them. Obviously, playing in Atlanta for him was not you know you're not going to get the exposure uh, that you would in other markets. But I think the big loser in this is really the Knicks. 
I mean, first of all, I think the dumbest thing that they did, whether this is true or not, I don't know. They actually released a statement saying that they didn't offer Kevin Durant the max. Like, they didn't want to. If this is true, well, first of all, this 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 very well could just be false. Yeah, they just, they, I mean, it came from the Knicks, yes, but who knows. But if this is true, I'm sorry, I get the, the, the whole being a little bit tentative because of the injury. It's Kevin freaking Durant. How are you not going to offer him the max? You've been chasing this guy for so long. Literally been chasing this guy for so long. And now you have the opportunity to go and snag him. And Dolan refuses to offer him the max. But what, what are you doing? Like, the, this is the dumbest thing ever. And, and they thought they were getting Kyrie. They thought they were getting Zion. They thought they were getting KD. Now look at them. Like, now they're going out and signing Julius Randle, Bobby Portis. Like, Julius Randle, I think, is actually... Like, that's that's a nice deal. That'll be a nice piece for them. He's been he's been good for the Pelicans. But, I mean, th- this sucks for them. Like, for the first time, like, the Knicks, I feel like, aren't going to be running New York City as the, the, the team uh, of the city. I mean, this, this Nets team in two years is going to be a title contender. Um... This year they'll probably be like a five or six seed. Um, they'll be they'll be better than last year, but they're not going to be championship contenders for sure. Especially with the way that the league is shaped now after this hectic free agency. But I mean, I I think they're in a great position, and I think it's yeah, and more importantly, I think it's I think it's a great example. We always we always give crap to talk crap about the Nets because of that terrible, and I've talked about it in its own episode as well, the KG and Paul Pierce trade back in 2013. But they really did a great job at turning this franchise around. They really did. Sean Marks and that whole front office did a great job at turning this around. You know, you, you trade for D'Angelo Russell. Really, they don't, they didn't give up that much for D'Angelo Russell. Um, you know, he turns into somebody that really he turned into a good player i mean he was a disappointment in la and then turned into a a very good player in brooklyn and now now you you've managed to snag kevin durant and kyrie irving to come to your team like that's that's really impressive um and i I, and i think if you had told anybody three years ago that in 2019 kyrie and kevin durant would be teaming up in the nets nobody would have believed you and that's just a a testament to, to to how this front office has really turned things around. So, next, we're going to talk about uh, Kyrie's replacement. Um, and I don't remember if I actually talked about this in the last deal. I don't, or the last, sorry, the last episode that my dad and I made. I don't think this this report had come out. Uh, let me check. Kyrie Irving. Okay, yeah, no, I didn't talk about it last week. So, Basically, a couple, like, probably like three days before free agency officially opens, it kind of comes out that, well, even before that, about a week before, interest surrounding, actually, it might have been like a day after we recorded that episode. Uh, it comes out that the Celtics are the front runners for Kemba Walker. Um, and then three days before, which I think, I think it was really like the first big big break of of free agency i think that was the first superstar that that was the first push of the the dominoes uh woge announces that Kyrie, or sorry keep getting them because oh my gosh that kemba will be signing a four-year 141 million dollar deal with the celtics um last year 25.6 points 4.4 rebounds 5.9 assists 43 percent from the field 36 percent from three um, really, this was def- last year was definitely his best season. I think he's been one of the most, I think, you know, being in Charlotte is, it really sucked for him because I don't think he got the attention that he deserved because the guy has been a very, very good player and shout out UConn alum. Love to see, you know, those guys succeed in the NBA and, and, and in any professional sports, to be honest. Um, really, I mean, really had a good season last year. Um, like played 82 games, uh, 
29 years old, so a little older than Kyrie. Obviously, they they go they got drafted in the same draft. Kemba goes number nine. Kyrie goes one. Um, but I really like this move. I'm gonna I, I love no I'm gonna I love this move, uh, and I think it's it's the right move for the Celtics moving forward. Last year, Kemba had a 31.5 usage. Kyrie had a 29.6. Now you might be thinking, well, everybody complained about how Kyrie was a ball hog, or, or at least that he he didn't spread the wealth enough. But now you're saying Kemba has a higher usage than Kyrie. Well, yeah, he should because for the past literally like eight years, Kemba has been the face of that Hornets franchise. He's been the only de- real scorer that this 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 Hornets team has had over the past several years. I mean, Nicholas Batum. Those first couple years in Charlotte, he was pretty decent. Now he's just, he's washed. I mean, they, Michael Michael Kidd Gilchrist is one of the biggest busts in the, of the draft recently, in recent memory. And meanwhile, Kyrie is playing with Jalen Tatum, Jason Brown, oh my, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, and Al Horford and has the almost the exact same usage percentage. What what does that say? Like that that's really telling. So last year. Kemba plays all 82 games, which is really nice. Obviously, him and him and Kyrie both kind of had have had similar knee issues, and so it's it's a little bit concerning. Obviously, especially playing 82 games last year, oftentimes, despite being healthy and 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 although that appears to be a a good sign, it can be a bad sign that things are on the way, which you don't want to see. Um. But I really do like this move. I, I'm sick of Kyrie. If you, I mean, you go back to the, you go back to the draft, and they're interviewing these guys, the the Celtics fans, on 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 the telecast, and they're just talking so much smack about Kyrie. They're like, "Get out of here, Kyrie. We don't want you here anymore." Like, no, nah, I wouldn't do that that to that extent. But I, I'm I'm done. I think that he's. I think that Kyrie was a nuisance for the Celtics team. He did, and, and I also don't think that all the blame for the lost Celtics season can be placed on Kyrie. I think that's unfair. Uh, I think that's the, a lot of that is derived from just disappointment that it didn't turn out the way everybody, all the Celtics fan had thought had thought when when that deal was first made for Kyrie. I think there were a lot of factors that went into the the struggles of the Celtics. Number one, I mean, obviously Kyrie was an issue for sure. He was probably the biggest issue. Uh, number two, Gordon Hayward. I don't think was I know was not at a hundred percent. I think he he was a little scared to play, if that makes sense. Um, a little tentative. It wasn't wasn't was he was a he was holding back on the court. Uh, you look at guys like Rozier, Brown, and Tatum who really led this team to the conference finals against the Cavs two seasons ago without Kyrie. They see their playing time decrease. They see their touches decrease. And especially Rozier, I think that bothers him. Especially, for, you know, Rozier going into free agency this year. That that was an issue for him. So I think there is there was a, a, a tension between those guys over, you know, I want the ball. Um, and, and that led to a lot of issues with, with Kyrie. Number two, there's been reports that Players felt that Stevens, obviously having a relationship with Hay- Hayward, going back to their days at Butler, um, was kind of like coddling him or um, playing favorites, I guess, um, which which I which I can understand. And I think it was just I think it was a great example of how you have a lot of just guys that are really talented basketball players, combined with the fact that Kyrie is probably the most I don't know he's I don't even know how to describe it he. He's an interesting guy. He's one of the most interesting guys in the NBA. Let me just put it that way. I, I think it was a great example of how it, it's difficult for you know egos like that to clash, and I, I it's hard to have really good players like that and expect them to coexist for 82 games, then go into the playoffs and make it through four rounds of the playoffs to win a title. It's difficult. Now, with Kemba Walker, you know, they I heard an interview with with Jim Calhoun nothing but praise about this guy you know obviously there's been so much stuff with Kyrie off the court that has really plagued his career um there's been nothing with Kemba I think that and I like I like to make 
this this kind of analogy is uh, it to me it sounds like Kemba is the kid in preschool that is going to take a nap when he wants to or when he's told to he's going to learn how to write his name he's going to do everything that he's supposed to do Kyrie's just kind of out for himself and just does what he wants to do now that's not necessarily a bad thing and I'm I'm not trying to rip Kyrie because I'm all for you know um pushing yourself and, and and making yourself look as good as you possibly can but Kemba Walker I think is just a better player for this Celtics team um I think Hayward has a better shot of I I think what I like more is Kemba's going to be willing to play how he is told I think the Kyrie is a guy that is going to refuse to give up possessions he's he's or he's not as good of a team player as Kemba I think one of the big things that this team needs to do is they need to get Hayward back up to speed and I talked about it with my dad in the last episode the Celtics were very good when Hayward was a number one scoring option and I'm not even saying that he needs to be the number one scoring option this year because I don't think he should be I think you really obviously Kemba needs Kemba needs to be controlling the ball for sure I think you also need to give Tatum and Brown the chance to shine. And I do think that Kemba's the guy to do that. Um, obviously, his assist numbers are not as high as Kyrie Irving. But I think that he is a, a better player just for the Celtics team. I don't think he, he's not as good as Kyrie overall. Kyrie's obviously a lot better at attacking the basket. But Kemba's great at that too. I think Kyrie's probably a better passer a little bit of better court vision, but I, th- I just love this signing, because with all the drama, it, I love it, to be honest, I love it more from a off-the-court standpoint, I don't want my team to be embroiled in all this drama that is really outweighing what's happening on the court, and I think that this gives them a clean slate to move forward with Kemba Walker, and to kind of like to create this new identity. I have I just feel like the Celtics have this new identity to them moving forward. And and I really like that. So I I I really, really like this move. Obviously, they also lose Rogier to he actually goes to Charlotte Hill replace um Kemba, which I'm totally fine with. The guy's making nineteen million dollars a year. Good for you, go make that money. It's ridiculous over overly paid for a guy who's only claim to fame and only real great showing was in that fine was in that playoff run and it was great he was a great player yet he outplayed Eric Bledsoe in that Milwaukee series he did for sure but it, it it's not enough to warrant getting paid night paying paying that guy 19 million dollars that's a lot of money and then next I mean this is this this one right here is by far the biggest thing that happened in free agency yeah, because nothing else is going to happen. Nothing, well, yeah, nothing else as big is going to happen with this with with this free agency moving forward. So, Kawhi basically just extends his free agency as long as he possibly can. Doesn't make his announcement on July 1 or June 30th like every like most people do. Instead drags it out to I think it was like the 7th. I think it was like 3 days ago. Well, actually, I can figure this out. It was today, Tuesday. Saturday, I think, he announced in the middle of the night. Yeah, because I woke up. Yeah. Drags it out. Obviously, the three teams in contention for this guy are the Raptors, the Lakers, and the Clippers. Now, for me, I thought he was going to the Lakers, especially as time went on and especially as um, he he held out, held out longer and longer. I, I thought that he was going to the Lakers, especially with the Lakers. You know, they weren't making any moves for any free agents. Because they were they were trying to get Kawhi, and I think that they they felt that they were probably the front runners. My 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 order for me was one Lakers, two Raptors, three Clippers. I didn't see the Clippers as as very viable options for him. I just didn't think. I I I think the reason why that everybody had kind of ruled out the Clippers was that there was really no viable way for them to get back to the for them to get to the finals, which is for a guy that's just coming off a title, you know, he can go back to the Raptors 
and 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 Danny Green Green had made it clear that he was kind of he was waiting for Kawhi's decision. I think that if Kawhi had re-signed with the Raptors, Danny Green would have gone back, and that team would have been in contention again for sure. And so that's that's really what separated the Clippers. <clears throat> and then I wake up Saturday morning, and I see that he signs with the Clippers, and I'm shocked. Like I'm 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 literally shocked. I was shocked, and I'm like, wow, this this is big. I mean, four year, one forty one max with this team. This is great for the Clippers. What a great move. And then I'm looking through Twitter a little more and things just keep blowing up. Like everybody's like, it seems like, okay, Kawhi went to the Clippers and then things just seemed like for the first couple of minutes, like everything was, it's like there was something bigger that went on. Keep scrolling. Then I find out that Paul George got traded to the Clippers. Now, everybody knew that this free agency was going to be absurd, but nobody nobody literally zero there were no reports about this Woj said nothing about this nobody expected this trade to happen nobody the this was a shocking deal shock like it blew my mind and i'm gonna be honest i love the team i love the i honestly like the deal for both teams and and i think i'll start i'll start with the uh, well first of all I'll, I'll tell you what what the thunder get they get the the greatest haul in in NBA history. So they get Shea Gilgis Alexander, who last year, as a rookie, mind you, 10.8 points, 2.8 rebounds, 3.3 assists, 48% from the field, 37% from three, starting point guard on a team that made it to the playoffs. Clippers obviously lost in the first round, but still, he's a very, very promising young prospect, only 20 years old, and it's going to be someone that the Thunder can really use to rebuild, I guess you could say. They get Danilo Gallinari, who has one year left. And, and, and I should mention that SGA being on a rookie deal, on his rookie scale deal, is going to have, I think he, I mean, I think they run for f- three plus one and the, the fourth year is a team option. Okay, oh, okay. So, so he'll have, so he'll have one year at, this year, he'll make three million, SGA will make three million this year. Um, with OKC, then he has four million for 2020 and five million for 2021. Both of those are team options, which obviously are going to get picked up for sure. So really good player. Then you got Danilo Gallinari, who's an expiring, um, and actually had a good season last year. Uh, 19.8 points, um, 6.1 rebounds, 2.6 assists, 46% from the field, uh, 43% from three. So you'll be paying him 22 million dollars this year. Not a bad deal for a guy who who honestly had a good season. I think being hurt, I think he was it was two years ago. I think he was hurt, or not this past season. The season before that really threw him off. But a good player and and somebody that probably, to be honest, the the Thunder probably won't re-sign him. I don't see them bringing him back, um, especially for a team that right now. Well, okay, I'll get into this in a sec. Okay, so they get those two players. Very, very nice players right there, especially SGA. I, I, SGA is definitely the, the more valuable of those two, for sure. Um, then they get... Okay, this is... Because I have to keep, like, look closely. They get four... Let me repeat that. Four unprotected first-round picks. Four unprotected first-round picks. Nobody in the history of the NBA has gotten four unprotected first-round picks like this. Like, what? This Unreal. First one... Are the Clippers in 2022? There's the Clippers 2024 pick and the 2026 pick. They'll get they'll get their uh, um, unprotected. And then the last, the third, the uh, the fourth one, sorry, is Miami's 2021 unprotected pick. Then they get one protected pick, which is Miami's 2023, and it's protected one through 14. Which we're looking at 2023 Clippers. Yeah, that probably won't be one through fourteen. That'll probably that'll that'll most likely convey that year. Um, and then they get two pick swaps in 2023, 2025. And I'm gonna say this: Kawhi made it clear to the Clippers. He said, "If you go out and get Paul George, I will come. You get Paul George, I'm signing. It's a great move for the Clippers. It really is, especially for a team that." 
you know, two years ago, actually last year, last year, um, you know, Lob City broken up. You get rid of Blake Griffin. You get rid of Austin Rivers. You get a get rid of DeAndre Jordan, and you you build really around Lou Williams. You get those two picks, Jerome Robinson and Shea Gilgis Alexander, last year in the draft, back to back in the lottery. This is a great blueprint for how to rebuild a team, and not even rebuild. They really retooled because they didn't go through a full rebuild. Lou Williams, great guy to build around. I mean, arguably one of the best six men in NBA history. The guy's won the award like three times. Great player. You go, you go. First of all, you go into this past season, you make the playoffs in a, in a loaded Western Conference. Impressive in its own right. Like that was that was a really impressive move. Then you go into free agency. And it's clear that you're the underdogs in this Kawhi sweepstakes. You get Kawhi, and you make the gutsy move to go after Paul George. And I love the deal, because you're getting Kawhi freaking Leonard. The guy averaged 26.6 points last year. This is regular season. 7.3 rebounds, 3.3 assists. Shot 50% from the field, 37% from three. He had a 119 offensive rating and a 105 defensive rating. Then in the playoffs, I mean... This this is just ridiculous. 30.5 points, 9.1 rebounds, 3.9 assists, 49% from the field, 38% from three, 119 offensive rating again, and then 103 defensive rating. Or like, like had a ridiculous, just carried the Raptors to that championship. Great playoff run. First of all, the guy's a ridiculous player. By far, without a doubt, without a doubt, no question in my mind, he is the best two-way player in the league and it's not even so much it's just his his ferocity on defense is unreal like the the guy first of all can make any shot he wants on the offensive floor and his his just basketball iq on the defensive end is just unreal i mean he can he can guard almost anybody he is an unbelievable player without a doubt so signing him and signing him just him would have been a great move for the Clippers and instantly, instantly pushes them forward. But instead, they go after a guy like Paul George. Paul George was an MVP candidate last year. The guy was really, really good. Really good. Last year, 30 and a half, oh, sorry, not on 10. 28 points a game, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 44% from the field, 39% from 3. That's a great number. I mean, just to have 28, 8, and 4. Those are great numbers. Guy was an MVP candidate. Now, obviously, had double shoulder surgery uh, this this offseason, which is a little scary. He'll be making a lot of money. Uh, he'll make you got him for sure two years, thirty three this year, thirty five next year, then thirty seven um, player option in twenty twenty one as a thirty one year old. <clears throat> so I love this for the Clippers. Now I think with the Kawhi thing. I think what ruled out the Lakers is the fact that Kawhi does not want to play for a super team. And that's what I love about him. He's not Kevin Durant, who loses to the Warriors in the East Western Conference Finals and then says, well, if you can't beat him, join him. He wants out of San Antonio because he knows that it's best for his career. And at the time, I gave him a lot of flack for that because, I mean, it was... Like he was really at the time looked like he was just ripping his team off. Now, now you can't hate him because it was a great move. Like I think people forgot the business side of of the NBA in that moment. They they took it almost too personally to be quite honest. And so, what separated the Clippers from the Lakers was that he doesn't he doesn't want to be a third wheel. He doesn't want to be like he doesn't want to go win titles. He doesn't want to ring chase, and that's what's 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 so what what I love about this guy is, first of all, he has the opportunity to do something that like no player has ever done. He has the opportunity to take three separate teams to the finals as the best player on that team. Nobody expected the Raptors to win. He, I don't want to say single handedly carried them to the finals, but I mean if I mean just about near single handedly carried them to the finals. Like, he brings, he brought that dying Spurs dynasty 
their last title, carrying Ginobili, Duncan, and Parker to a title back in 2014. I mean, he has the opportunity to win three finals MVPs with three different teams. Like, that that makes you... that That is unprecedented... An unprecedented legacy to have. And so I, I, I just respect him more for not being like, I'm not ring chasing. I'm not joining the Lakers. I, because he, he was going to... Like, as great as Kawhi is, he doesn't have the... First of all, I don't think he's... Doesn't like to talk. <laughs> he, he doesn't have the accessibility to his to him personally, that AD and LeBron have. AD and LeBron are like massive fixtures in the media world. Like they're just, they're big characters. Kawhi is not. And so even though Kawhi is just as good as AD, probably, and LeBron, if if not better, he was still going to be the third wheel. He just was, it, without a doubt. And so to go to the Clippers, now you have, I mean, people thought that, that New York would be this, this crazy battleground. This is the best dual city, like, rivalry in a, in a while, in any sport. I mean, you look at, I mean, the Mets and the Yankees, yes, but they're always fluctuating. I mean, the Mets just haven't been that good. But the, and, the, and plus they don't play each other. But the Lakers and the Clippers are going to play each other multiple times a year. And it's going to be ridiculous to watch. And I think, and, and, and now, like, who are your, fi- like, the, the Clippers have to, the, the Clippers are the finals favorites. And they have to be. But like I said at the top of the show, I don't see, I like, I could see the Lakers winning the title. Yeah. I could see the Nuggets winning the title. Nuggets are going to be great. You know, they lock up Jamal Murray long term. They've got a great team there with Jokic and Murray as, as the core pieces. You've got the Bucks in the Eastern Conference. Like this season is going to be unreal. Like I, I, this, and in the fact, like the defensive capabilities of this upcoming Clippers team is, like literally unreal. Their starting lineup is, Paul George, has really, really in in Oklahoma City has blossomed into a superb and all defense caliber defender. I feel like his defensive game really stepped it up in OKC. Kawhi Leonard, enough, like, you don't even need to talk about it. We've already talked about it. it ridiculous. You got Montrez Harrell at the five. Like, this Clippers team is going to be a monster defensively. And I'm just, I, I'm interested to see it. It's just so crazy to imagine Paul George and Kawhi playing together for me. I don't know why. It's just, I think it's just because it seemed so unfathomable to me. Oof, I mean, this this battle for LA is going to be unreal. This this NBA season is going to be crazy. Okay, now I'm just getting kind of going a little crazy. Let's get let's get back into some real gritty analytical stuff. So for the Thunder, I really like the move because they're not going anywhere. They weren't going to go anywhere with Paul George. You're paying Paul George. Like, literally a boatload of money. You're ridiculously into the tax with that Westbrook contract. Like, and you're going to just lose in the first round every single year. Especially when you're going to have to go up against the Rockets. When you're going to have to go against up the Lakers, the, the Nuggets. Now the Jazz, even. Really are a good team getting Mike Conley, Bogdanovich. And so, uh, it's good. Because you get draft capital. Now, thing is, you're going to expect that... The 2026 pick, who knows? I mean, nobody knows. That's seven years away. But most likely, those picks won't be like fantastic picks. They're probably going to be mid to late 20s, I would assume. But that's besides the point. It's just the fact that you have this draft capital. Obviously, you have SGA. You have Gallinari for this one year. I don't, I don't see him resigning. Um, and you can really, and then they make another move, and I, and it's really a cost-saving deal as well, and it's one of those things, like, when you have a deal like this, and it kind of goes back to the Kyrie deal, how everybody ripped it, saying Celtics gave up too much, at a certain, to a certain extent, like, you just have to accept it, it's too good, it's too good, and it really makes the, the Pelicans, it's kind of crazy that, because, I mean, like I said, Paul George was an MVP candidate this year, 
I mean, the Clippers gave up so much, and it really makes what the Pelicans got for AD kind of look a little, like, skimpy, to be quite honest. It, it doesn't look anywhere as, as, as big as this. I mean, they got five draft picks out of this deal. And then on top of that, they moved Jeremy Grant to the Nuggets for a 2020 unprotected pick, um, first-round pick. So now they've got six first-round picks that they acquired in the past three days. And so that puts them $2 million above the tax line, um, which they're definitely going to try and get under it somehow. They're going to they're gonna want to get under the tax line, you know, especially with the repeater tax. Basically, if you if you pay the luxury tax one year and then the next year you're in the luxury tax again, you have to pay more because it's a repeater tax. So they're going to try and get under it. And that's where this whole Russell Westbrook comes in. As soon as PG got traded, it became clear that Russell Westbrook, even before Woj started talking about it, that it appeared that Westbrook was going to be on the move. And in my opinion, I do think that Westbrook, I think he's, I think within the next five to seven days, he's, he will not be a member of the Thunder. And I mean, he's been the face of this franchise for so long. Kudos to him. You know, obviously Harding gets traded away. Durant walks away. Guy stayed faithful to his team. Um, won an MVP with them. And so I think for the Thunder fan, it's going to be the end of an era, and it's going to be sad when he goes. Um, last year, averaged another triple-double, 22.9 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists, well, more like 11 assists, 43% from the field, only 29% from three. He's really a, he's a very, very inconsistent three-point shooter. Somebody where, like, he'll go eight for 30, he'll go, like, sh- eight for 30 on shooting, and then the next night go, like, 15 for 27. Um, so very, very inconsistent. I... You know, being, like, what is he? He's, like, 30 years old now, I think. Um, yeah, I think he's, like, 31. <clears throat> I mean, he's starting to hit. I don't He's. I don't think he'll ever any, be anywhere near that 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 20, what was that, 2017 he won the, the uh, MVP where that triple-double, he was, like, 29, 13, and 12. Obviously, he averaged another triple-double but um, last year. But, really, the, the bigger issue for this Thunder team is, like I said, they're paying a lot of money in tax. This guy is a top three worst contract in the league. Just be, and it's not because he's a bad player. It's just that you're pay, you. I mean, you had to pay him this for sure. But he's locked up for so long, and he's already like 31, 32, and it's not good. And it's he's already showing signs of of really you know heading downhill. I mean, the guy's played a lot of games. He's almost had a thousand games played in his career. He's making $38 million this year, $41 million next year, $44 million the year after. And then in 2020, actually, that's probably 2022 or 2023, um, player option for $47 million, which is absurd. Here, I'm going to double-check when that player option is because uh, I think I wrote it down wrong. The player option, I don't know it is for 2022. He'll be making $38 million this year. Yep. Okay, 2022 player option for $47 million. For a guy who is 30 years old and has 11 years in the league. He's got a lot of mileage on him, for sure. So there's that. Um, and so I do think he'll get traded. I think. And it, Now, here's the crazy thing is, <clears throat> Woj came out with a report that the Thunder offered the Raptors, both George and Westbrook, for a deal centered around Siakam, uh, a few expiring deals. Who like who's expiring on that team? Um, and then like a couple of unprotected first round picks, and the Raptors refused, which I think was a good deal because you don't want to take. I mean, basically they'd just be setting them up for a position like the Thunder, where you're just paying the tax every year because you got to pay these guys. So now, it, for the first time, really in Westbrook's tenure with the Thunder, the, the Thunder are open to trades. Um, the, their phones are open, and they're both in, in a mutual agreement that they're ready to move on if need be. Um, I, I do think that Westbrook will have a little bit of say. I think they're going to do them him at least somewhat of a courtesy. Uh, he's made it clear that he wants to play for a team that can contend, which the only... Which is... which is, And I was listening to the BS pod, and like... It's difficult, and that's going to be difficult for him because with salary cap implications, you know, people are teams are stretched so thin. There's very few teams that have the flexibility to really make moves like this. 
Um, that really the only viable option I think where he will end up going is the Miami Heat. Um, and I've seen a lot of like Bill Simmons had a had a mock trade where you have to in, probably involve Dallas because Dallas is like one of the few teams with legitimate salary cap space. And and on top of that, uh, Miami is hard cap, so they like like they can't take in more money than what they're giving out. And because Westbrook is making thirty eight million dollars this year. Like, they're going to have to, they would have to give up, like, it would center around, um, really, like, Dragic going to the, the Mavericks, and then, uh, the Thunder would be getting, like, Kelly Olynyk and Justice Winslow, and then you'd have to throw in picks, um, because as big as this contract is with, uh, with, with Westbrook, I mean, he's still going to command a pretty hefty return, um, but I think, I, I mean, this is just, I, I'm at a loss for words. Like, I've, su- I mean, I've sucked so much out of this. Oh my gosh, this is, this NBA, this offseason is just ridiculous. I'm so excited for the NBA season. It's going to be so fun. It's going to be so much fun this offseason, or this upcoming season. And it's going to be crazy. Like, if Westbrook gets traded, I mean, can you imagine though, if the Knicks trade him? Can you imagine? And the Knicks would do something stupid like this. They give up like R.J. Barrett for Russell Westbrook because they think that Westbrook's going to be the key to them, like rebuilding their franchise. <laughs> oh my gosh! They'll like they'll pay Russell Westbrook like forty-seven million, but they won't pay Kevin Durant like thirty-eight. <laughs> oh my gosh! This is this is ridiculous. But yeah, Westbrook's definitely going to get traded, um, and the Thunder are going to rebuild. They're going to do I. I could see them doing. A, they're probably going to do a hard rebuild, in my opinion. There's, there's just not enough to retool around. But oh, oh, this Clippers team is loaded. I mean, I, I just don't know who's, who is, who's going to run the league this year. Like, I mean, the league loves this for sure. Like the, the higher ups at the, at the front, at the league office are loving this. This is going to draw in so much money, especially with Zion coming in. Um, I mean, this is, this is going to be, this is going to be crazy. This LA battle is going to be unreal. Oh my gosh. Oh, I love Kawhi for not going to the Lakers. I I'm sorry. I just love him. But I mean, I think the, those are, those are our big deals right there. I'll kind of like very, very quickly run through the, some other ones that come off the top of my head. Al Horford goes to the 76ers, which that hurts because we're going to play them so many times. We're going to play them several times this year. That hurts. That really hurts. Oh, man. That defensive lineup, though, is ridiculous because now you got... Oh, because Jimmy Butler goes to Miami, which that'll be an interesting combo. That's a lot of egos clashing if Westbrook goes there. But that 76ers lineup right now is Ben Simmons, Josh Richardson, who they acquired in that Heat deal. It was a sign-and-trade. Tobias Harris at the three. Uh, You'll probably... Yeah, you run Horford at the four. And you'll run and beat at the five. Defensively, that team is going to be loaded. Like that team is going to be hard to score on, and that's a big lineup to play. I mean, Horford Horford is very versatile when it comes to, when it's on the defensive end, but I mean, he's that's that's a big lineup to run right there. Um, well, JJ Redick, who I think the 76ers will miss because now they got and, and they get Josh Richardson, who's a pretty good. You know, he'll be a good replacement, or at least a decent replacement for this for this team um from the three ball he goes to the pelicans which i love i think the pelicans are setting themselves up at least in the future to really succeed um what else happened clay thompson goes back to the warriors 5 190 not a surprise at all i mean especially coming off the acl i think any chance of him going elsewhere was was really dimmed it's different it's different than durant you're going to be skeptical skeptical around that guy um with his injury he's not at the 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 star level that Duran is where you can kind of just wash over it as much as you can with Durant in my opinion. I'm trying to think of what else happened. Yeah, I mean I think that's that's really off the top of my head that's really all that comes to mind. But well, this episode ran a lot longer than I thought. I know I said we were going to run over uh some WWE stuff. But I think I'll actually save that. Be on the lookout, hopefully, if technology works out. Be on the lookout for an episode with my dad 
we got SmackDown tonight. I'll watch that, and we'll probably break down um, the, the, these two episodes <coughs> uh, in the next few days. So be on the lookout for that. Um, this is my first really long episode in a while. Uh, had a lot of fun doing it, and thanks for tuning in. If you want to support the show, please leave us a leave me five star review on iTunes. It would it would really mean a lot to me. Um, what else? Follow me on Twitter at Nate's Take Pod. Uh, email me at thetakeofnate at gmail.com. Any questions, comments, anything like that. Uh, and yeah, thanks for listening, and I will see you in episode ninety five later. <laughs> <laughs>